Hello again, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Chatting with the Lightkeeper. I'm Edward, and I hope that wherever you're listening, you're having a fantastic week. In my little neck of the woods in my fair city, it is finally starting to feel like summertime here in the northern hemisphere on the shore of a shore of one of the Great Lakes. Um, and one of the beautiful things about the lakes, especially this time of year, is that in the big bad metropolitan city um, that exists, oh, I don't know, probably about 50 minutes to my south by via highway. It um, the temperatures are hovering about 90 degrees on Fahrenheit, you know Fahrenheit, obviously Fahrenheit, not uh, Celsius. Um, but the lake is doing wonderful things because the lake is still very frigid. Um, it is keeping things very nice weather-wise. On a day where people in the surrounding areas are sweltering away in 90-some degree heat, right here I can have the windows open because it is a balmy 79 and sunny. And it'll be beautiful sleeping weather, which means the windows will be cracked, or not cracked, but wide open. I will be able to be under a nice warm warm blankets and sleep amazing and wake up with the sound of the birds chirping in the morning. So I, right now, am loving life next to a great lake. Now, even though I'm a skier, I don't love it so much in the wintertime when a snowstorm comes through and the lake decides to enhance the storm so that, um, you know, that same big bad city may get three inches of snow. And here, because of the lake, I will be digging out from a foot of snow. So even though I like to ski, I don't like to have to dig out of it to go skiing. It's um, Murphy's Law of Skiing, the same storm that has given the ski resort amazing conditions has you snowed in at home. So anyway, speaking of Murphy's Law and I guess unintended consequences and all sorts of assumptions and things along those lines, if you follow the little daily series that I do Monday through Friday, it's kind of a long-winded name, but it's uh, the, daily D the Daily DS presented by Chatting with the Lightkeeper. And it's mostly an Instagram um, little web series that I do. However, it does pop up on my Tumblr blog as well. And I've also decided to make it available as a podcast. Since these are little Instagram snippets, they are all 90 seconds or less, and they cover just a quick little topic or are kind of a string. Like currently, I am working through the 25 most well-known myths that are out there in the vanilla world about the lifestyle. You know, the top 25 things that if you talk to uh, to Vern or Valerie Vanilla and they know nothing of the lifestyle, these will be the legends that they know about BDSM, which, of course, are totally not rooted in any fact and rooted in a lot of uneducated opinions and a lot of, you know, just a lot of folklore. So these are things that in the lifestyle we have to deal with. And we talked about some of those things recently on a podcast. And last week talked about gatekeeping and how we kind of gatekeep sometimes in the lifestyle, not in necessarily the best ways. And it got me kind of thinking about this whole, you know, all those, f you know, fake news, legends, urban legends, all these things about the lifestyle. and. I've been in and around the lifestyle for a long time now, so I really don't know firsthand what it feels like to be new 
um, to the lifestyle, especially in, in today's modern world with the internet and just being able to, to log on and, and start making connections. It wasn't, it wasn't that way when I was, when I began my explorations back as a young college student. And it was so unique because at the time I remember learning about a munch, which if you don't know, a munch is just a casual gathering of, of people in or near the lifestyle. And it's typically at a bar, restaurant, pub, coffee shop. And it's just people getting together to chat. There's no, you know, there's no assless chaps. There's no whips. There's no chains. It's just regular people getting together to have conversations amongst themselves, which are just happen to be kinky people. But it was so, things have evolved so much that that first munch, because things were so hush-hush, back then you actually had to get vetted by one of the the hosts of the munch to be able to attend to find out where and when it was and you had to be invited and nowadays you can just log on to your computer and a couple of click click clicks and you know where all your local munches are and you can just show up there's no vetting there's no you know there's none of that so, you know, it's a good thing. Access is easy, and that is a very good thing for the lifestyle. But that's just kind of an example of how far things have come since I started the journey for myself down this road. And so I was curious, what surprises people now when they come to the lifestyle and they're new and really all they have is these legends, these urban legends of what what goes on in BDSM or DS or, or just kinky things in general, what, what it is that happens and what's there. So I started researching and started to learn about what surprises people when they come to the lifestyle, because I imagine it kind of has to be like walking into a surprise party. You open the door expecting who knows what, especially with some of these crazy legends that are out there about the lifestyle. It's got to be like just like a surprise party where everyone goes, surprise, it's not what you think. So, yeah, let's let's go through what I learned and discovered about things that, that as people are coming to the lifestyle, they are finding surprising. And these are all good surprises. They're not, um, there's no negativity or no horrible horrible bad experiences or anything like that here these are all these are all good surprises so it's a good surprise party if you will and i'm going to save the what i think is the best one for last so the first one we'll start with is the fact that most people when they come to the lifestyle they sort of are thinking that there's a lot of physical activities, whether that's impact play, spanking, whips, chains, floggers, all those physical things, the bondage, the 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 pain play, the you know, all the physical things that when you kind of think of BDSM, you think of. And people are surprised to learn that in the lifestyle it's actually more geared around the psychological aspects of it. And if you are looking for more than just kinky play, that the relationship side of it is once again, a dynamic that is focused on the mental rather than the physical. And in those situations, a lot of times the physical activities, the the play, the fun, 
of the lifestyle is just the icing on the cake. And so a lot of people do come because they're curious about the the kinky play aspect and end up not only enjoying that, which is what brought them, but also discovering that, wow, this whole psychological thing and the whole mental side is fantastic. And so that's where kind of the gatekeeping pops to mind because a lot of times we will now, I shouldn't say we, because I try not to do this, and, and I know a lot of other people try not to do this, because it can be very easy to make somebody who is just coming to explore their their kinky sex side to think of, you know, to feel excluded from the lifestyle, because there are people that will gatekeep and say that if you are here for just the kinky shenanigans, then you're really not in the lifestyle. Rather than saying, yeah, you're welcome. You just do it differently than I do, but come on over, have a, you know, come on over, have a seat at the table. So, but that's one of the bigger surprises is that people come for the the kingtastic fun and they end up experiencing, learning about, and staying for everything else. Another great surprise is the way that uh, the lifestyle allows people to express who they are. You know, you can safely be yourself here and you can explore your fantasies, your desires, all these things that were kind of kept bottled up because you found a community where it is just safe to be you and be who you are without having to worry about what other people think. The other surprise, and it's very related to this, is how important Trust, safety, and consent is in the lifestyle. If you think about it, it's kind of amazing. Because here in the United States, and this is horrible, this is actually just horrible, but according to research, half of every woman in the United States is going to be a victim of some sort of sexual-based, whether it's harassment to outright being sexually attacked or being attacked for a sexual reason. And that's it's, it's just disgusting, but it's a fact of life, unfortunately. And then when you come to the lifestyle, it's still a disgustingly high number. But, unfortunate, but fortunately, because the lifestyle is a place that is so consent-driven, um, according to the National Coalition for Sexual Freedom, it's 20% of people within their first five years of exploring the lifestyle experience having their consent violated, which could be a minor consent violation to to something that is horrible and, and major and, and traumatic. But it is still a vast improvement over what everyone is used to in the vanilla world. Still not what I would call safe by any means. It is safer. So it is very much the the way the lifestyle prioritizes trust, safety, and consent. And the fact that everything that happens from limits to boundaries, everything in a relationship is negotiated. It's all talked about. It just isn't it isn't assumed. It isn't forced. It isn't taken. It is negotiated, decided, discussed, and, you know, consented to. So it's that surprises a lot of people about 
how the lifestyle really prioritizes that. Another thing that surprises people is the legality of BDSM. And I know recently on a podcast, we talked about some of the crazy sex laws in the United States, because there are, you know, like if you are in Minnesota, men, now ladies, you can do this all you want, but men cannot, men cannot fornicate with a fish, but you ladies can enjoy the fishery, if you will. Uh, I have no idea. I could not find what prompted the, the good folks, the, the golden gophers of the United States to decide that men and fornication with fish was a problem that needed to be addressed with the law, um, which is very shocking and scary. But anyways, the legality is is that BDSM itself is typically legal. But there are some laws that you need to be aware of. And one of those basic ones, and it's typically only if something goes badly during play, is when the legal system gets involved in the lifestyle. And it's important to remember just this little ditty. Consent is never a defense in the eyes of the law. And if you live in an area where you would perhaps have a very conservative prosecuting attorney, or I think like in England they would call it a crown's attorney. I, I forget how they they phrase that uh, in the Great White North, which is actually due east of me. Uh, one of those paradoxes of where I live. Uh, it also is to the north too, by the way. But um, it can be some some of our play activities can be seen as can be seen as assault, and you according to the law, cannot consent to be assaulted. Wouldn't that be great, though, if you could work that out with like a bank robbery? Oh, well, the bank consented to let me come rob them, so you can't charge me. And so that's that's how it works in the legal world. So technically, and in most places, actual BDSM is not illegal, but you do have to be aware of the laws and how they would apply if something were to go wrong. But most people assume that BDSM itself is illegal, and it is not. And the other thing that surprises people is the amount of different activities there are under BDSM. I mean, it's it's four letters, so that must be there are only four things. There's, there's bondage, there's discipline, there's that sadomasochism thing, and that's it. That's all that's there. So you're either getting tied up or doing the tying up, or you are disciplined, you know, either you're enforcing discipline or you're being disciplined or you are inflicting pain or having pain inflicted upon you. Surprise, there's so much more. There's role playing. There's the whole DS that's a part of it, the, the Dom subside. And also under that whole umbrella are just the people that enjoy the kinky play without the rest of it coming into their relationship. They just enjoy it in the bedroom or maybe maybe the living room on the, you know, on the coffee table, wherever it is that they get their kink on. There's so much more than just what those four little letters appear to be. So that that surprises people is just the huge variety of what is here in the lifestyle, especially since the lifestyle is starting to become more open sexually. And what I mean by that is many years ago when I was a wee lad and discovering the lifestyle, it was not sex positive. 
like somehow you knew that when people would engage in lifestyle play that it would be erotic it turns them on and gosh golly no one ever talked about how that led into sex like lifestyle play is often foreplay or sex is included as part of it but back back in the wayback machine they were two totally separate areas in lifestyles that were very sex positive for example, the swinging, swapping scene was very much anti-BDSM, and BDSM was very anti-sex-positive lifestyles. And now they're sort of going, hmm, there's a lot of what we do over there, and there's a lot of what you do over here. We need to, we need to get on the same page. We need, to, we need to become friendly. So the lifestyle is definitely getting more sex-positive, which is opening it up to more and more people coming in. Another huge surprise, because BDSM, with all the negative stereotypes in the vanilla world, people will somehow think that there is a lot of abuse. There's, If you're into it, you're into humiliation or degradation. It just like has to be a part of it. Surprise? No, it doesn't. If those aren't your jam, they're not your jam, and you can hang out and be in the lifestyle and have nothing to do with those and be totally awesome. At its core, BDSM is all about trust. And once again, trust and consent, trust and consent. So that's a huge, huge surprise. Once again, you know, it's very common that these stereotypes would be out there. So it seems logical to me that this would be a pleasant surprise when you come through the, the BDSM party door. Um, the other surprise that happens for a lot of people is and this is more of the United States thing, because I truly don't know how it's viewed around the rest of the world. So if you are listening in Europe or someplace in Africa or Australia, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. But in the United States here, a lot of people are surprised that there are so many straight people. And the reason for that is in the States, the, the BDSM scene kind of as we know it grew out of the leather, the leathermen that were motorcycle clubs following World War II, typically made up of gay veterans um, of of the um, the the greatest generation, and these men practiced BDSM uh, in what is now would be kind of called old school um, by many people who are around the lifestyle now would would call it an old school approach. So in the United States, a lot of people are still surprised by how many straight people there are and how accepting the lifestyle is of all sexual orientations, of all genders. And it is not just a, you know, a, a lifestyle that is primarily gay men because for those who do have some inkling of the history of the lifestyle before they come in, that history, a lot of it revolves around around the Leatherman. So there's a, um, I guess, the assumption that you are going to run into a lot of um, a lot of gay men, and and you do, and 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 like I said, sexuality doesn't matter. Everybody is welcome here, which is fantastic. But it is it is surprising to people that there are so so. There's just openness about sexuality here. It doesn't really matter, and you'll find people. No matter what your sexuality is, you're going to find people that 
are compatible. Another area that is surprising a lot of people is how technology has really transformed the lifestyle. You know, it went from way back when I was a young whippersnapper of having to get vetted to go to simple, you know, coffee with your kinky friends to now you can log on to your computer, log on to a chat room and share coffee with your kinky friends from all around the world. It has really made the lifestyle much more open, information easier to get, connecting with others easier, which is all fantastic. So once somebody does now decide to explore, the, the ability to connect with people who are involved in the lifestyle is as simple as, as logging on to your favorite, your favorite site from Instagram to Facebook to Twitter to blogs to chat rooms, discussion groups, it's all easy to find and easy to access, which is fantastic. And it's also a surprise because it's sort of BDSM, you know, out in the vanilla world has that dark art mentality, like it's this dark secret society, but yet it's super accessible and connecting is super easy. Another area is that people are surprised by how easy it is to make friends in the lifestyle. Isn't it amazing? Truly, I mean, if you are thinking of joining, you know, exploring more, making friends is really easy. You just say hi and start talking and people will talk to you and they're not going to be talking to you because they're trying to engage in some hanky-panky. I mean, no matter where you try that, there might be somebody online that tries it, but they're going to more than likely stand out from the crowd. And you'd be like, yeah, you can go away, but I want to keep talking to this person over here. They seem pretty cool. And it's very easy to find people to ask questions to, to share ideas, even to find mentors. And mentors are fantastic to have. Uh, a quick aside about mentors. If you are a submissive, I am going to highly recommend that you look for other submissives to either be mentors or role models comes to mind. And role models isn't the right word. But go to people. Look for people that are of the same role as you, no matter what your role is. Look for people that are in that same role or that same area that you can go to for questions. It's because chances are they will have seen the same things that you have questions about. They will already have experienced. And perhaps they'll have questions that, that you can answer, even if you're new. The reason why I suggest that is experience shows for whatever reason, newer dominants and newer submissives, they love to go to each other for advice and thoughts. So the new dom is going to a newer submissive for ideas and thoughts, and the newer submissive is going to a dominant, often newer, for their ideas and thoughts, which is fine. It's good. There's nothing wrong with it. But you're putting two people that are potentially attracted to each other and then asking for some very, very candid advice about oftentimes something very intimate. And it can skew the advice rather than having another submissive who has no amorous intentions, who can just Joe Friday it to you and just the facts, tell you just the facts, just what you need to know. If you go to somebody who might have an interest in you more than just a buddy, you could get the advice skewed a little bit, not intentionally. It's just, it's how humans work. So anyways, 
enough about that, but BDSM and the lifestyle and being on the internet and being so open and available, it makes it easy to find people to help. I guess a final thing to, to mention, everybody goes to YouTube for how-to videos now from how to fix your lawnmower to what to do when your car won't start in the morning. When it comes to aspects of the lifestyle play, there is nothing wrong with consulting YouTube or whatever your social media is to get ideas. But really, really, really do your homework because with so much of our play in the lifestyle, if something goes wrong, it can go really wrong. So don't rely on just a simple how-to video from somebody you have no clue who they are on the internet. Really, really do your homework when it comes to play. So that concludes that uh, that public uh, service announcement there. Another thing that surprises people is how the lifestyle can actually be therapeutic for them. And in fact, people with their little lab coats and that have PhDs and doctorates and, and all of that are researching the lifestyle now because they are finding, amazingly enough, that the lifestyle can be a place where healing happens. And it seems to, according to the researchers, be very helpful for people who have pain management issues, PTSD, trauma, intimacy issues, communication issues, all of these things, and even just general things that life throws at all of us. For some of us that find the lifestyle home, there's a therapeutic value to the lifestyle for us. So that is surprising to a lot of people. Not only are they finding that the lifestyle is home once they open the door to that surprise party, they're also finding it very, very therapeutic as well. So once you've come through the surprise party door and you're walking around your, your kinky surprise party, another thing that is surprising to, uh, to folks is how roles can change. So many people come to the lifestyle and be like, oh, I'm a submissive. And, and another person be like, oh, I'm a dominant. And yet there's very few people that come to those lifestyle that go, hmm, I'm not quite sure yet. Or even less, that'll be like, I, I think I could be dominant with some people and, and submissive with others. It's all on how we vibe. So a lot of people are really surprised the more that they explore the lifestyle that the role they thought they were when they came through that door turns out to be not where they found their home. Uh, sometimes it's a total flip. The person goes from dominant to submissive or submissive to dominant. And other times they realize that that their home role-wise actually depends on who their partner is and how they click. They could be dom or they could be a sub. So they're actually a switch. So it's, it's a very surprising for people how roles evolve as they evolve in the lifestyle. So another area that is surprising, we talked about the communication and the trust. And while it's a challenge, because obviously the vanilla world doesn't necessarily in all places think highly of kinky people, there are some folks who are perhaps intimidated or our belief system of being open and accepting is um, goes against their their beliefs of because of who we 
who we accept and how we accept people in this lifestyle. So there are balancing acts. Obviously, you can't be in the grocery with your dominant or your submissive or your partner if you're just, you know, kind of kinky. And perhaps it's not a place to, say, use honorifics. You know, it might not be a good place to say, yes, master, or yes, sir, or hey, daddy. Those types of things. There's there's a balancing act that happens between what we enjoy kink-wise and where we are in the vanilla world and who's around us and the surroundings we are in. But it's, it is a challenge to balance that. It's something that you learn as you go. You kind of can go from overly cautious with it to, you know, where you're new and you don't want a soul to have any idea that you might be exploring this. And then you might be out with your partner and have a honorific like a, hey, daddy, slip out while you are seeing what vegetables you are going to pick up for dinner tonight. And so it's very much a balancing act that you learn as you go. But while it's a challenge, it's something that is, it's easy to pick up. It's not as challenging of a challenge as it seems like when you are new. Another area that is surprising, and it's not surprising if you've been around a while, but when you find a relationship within the lifestyle, if that's what your jam is, when you find that, the lifestyle actually helps your relationship be healthier and can bring you closer because it involves strong emotions and a whole lot of communication. It allows us to build trust which is, once again, part of how DS can be therapeutic. Because, let's face it, we all have trust issues. Or if you don't have trust issues yet, somebody will come along in your life and will give you a, uh, give you a trust challenge or two. It happens to all of us. And the lifestyle, because of the communication that is needed, really helps us to communicate clearly, better, and helps us connect. So the lifestyle actually helps promote healthy relationships. And another thing that surprises people as they wander through that, that door to their kinky surprise party, by the way, are we having cupcakes? Are we doing cake? Um, if it's my surprise party, there's definitely going to be peanut butter and chocolate ice cream. Just some random things to think about. But another thing that surprises people is one of the things that is seen out there in the vanilla world, so it's a surprise when you come through the door, the flexibility of the lifestyle. It is believed in the vanilla world by many that BDSM is very rigid, very structured, and almost like every BDSM-DS relationship is the same because it is so structured and so cut and dried. It's the same, 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 same. It's, I think that's part of where that mythology comes, that submissives are all the same, which probably, if you're submissive, is part of the reason you get those ass-hatted introductory messages from so-called dominants. Um, that's my only my opinion, for what it's worth. That's, that's There's no basis in fact, other than the fact it rolled out of my mouth and out of my brain. But there's no one-size-fits-all. Everyone can pick and choose how they want the lifestyle to work. 
it reminds me of perhaps you read these when you were kids. They were called Choose Your Own Adventure Books, where there wasn't a set ending. As you read the book, there were to be choices. And if you made this choice, then you went to this page and the story continued with all the different choices you made. So you were able to read the book many, many, many times and have all these different endings and different scenarios happen to you. And that's 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 the lifestyle. There's there's no true way. We all can find what works for us. We can all create our own adventure in the real world, not just not just in fiction. Um, another surprise is the amount of compromise that still exists in a DS relationship. If you're coming from vanilla and what you have heard about DS and somehow, you know, dominants are not only dominant, but they have also been morphed into being domineering, if you will. Um, look at the movie The Secretary. I love the movie The Secretary. I, I'm a James Spader fan, okay? goes back to, now I can't remember, um, the, um, oh, was it 16 Candles Pretty in Pink that Spader was, somebody out there will know and will correct me, but I've, I've been a huge Spader fan since way back, you know, when he was in one of those uh, Molly Ringwald-esque movies. And, but the secretary, you know, his character is the dominant and very domineering, almost intimidating. So it's a surprise when people find out how much compromise there is. So, you know, it's, it's, it's really not like dominant thumps chest says you submissive go do this for me it is still a balancing act yes the dominant may want the submissive to do something but the submissive still has that ultimate power because they can say no and along with that it's the surprises that submissives don't they don't lose their voice when they submit if anything, submissives, their voice becomes more powerful when they are with a dominant. Because no matter how awesome a relationship is, DS-wise, that dominant must always understand and work every day to earn the submissive's submission. It is not something that they can just, okay... You've offered your submission to me. Now I can go over to this kinky lazy boy over here and put my feet up and relax because I've earned your submission. Once a dominant earns their partner's submission, really the real work of the relationship begins and they have to do that every single day. It's a lot of work to be a dominant or submissive. It It is. And because submissives have the power with there's two little letters, that power of no. It really, in a way, I think, gives the submissives an even bigger, louder, more booming voice because they can boom the word no, which is going to shake their dominant to their core. And that's a good thing, too, that submissives have that power. So it's just, it's amazing how people learn just how powerful the lifestyle relationships are. And this leads me to our final surprise. This is the grand, the grand big revelation. But people 
come to this lifestyle and for whatever reason, when they open that door to their surprise party, they're expecting a bunch of weirdos to be behind the door that these people that are going to be saying surprise and welcome and throwing confetti and throwing some balloons around are somehow going to be these really weird and twisted people. And they're not. That's the surprise. They're just like you and me. They're normal. They have jobs. They may have kids. They may be married. It's they're very normal. And, and in fact, if there's if you look around and everyone seems normal, you're the weird one. Um, anyways, I'm looking around. I'm the only one here, so I am the weird one. But it's just it's amazing how people kind of come expecting. Not really sure what to expect, but all those vanilla myths and legends that are out there that are are not positive lead people to expect a bunch of shady characters. And instead, they find people that are just like them, that they have the same daily grind, the same issues, the same concerns, that they share so much the same that it's surprising that and that's the biggest surprise is just how amazing the people are that are in the lifestyle and yes it's true anytime you get a group together you are going to run into a few people that are not so amazing it happens anywhere it happens from our work lives to our personal lives there's always somebody that's somebody that's a pita which is my my slang for pain in the ass there's always that PETA among us, and the lifestyle is no different. But the most amazing thing is just how awesome the vast, vast majority of the people are here. And that it's such a fulfilling and positive experience to explore with the amazing people. So those are the biggest surprises that come when people decide to explore the lifestyle. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. And... No matter where you're listening, it would be a pleasant surprise if you scroll down and click the follow button so that you never miss an episode of Chatting with a Lightkeeper. And I am curious if you want to take the time. Um, once again, this goes across no matter what platform you are listening to me on. Uh, if you scroll down a little bit farther, you will see somewhere. Um, sometimes it's kind of in smaller print. But shoot me an email or shoot me a shoot me a follow-up message because I am just curious what has surprised you as you've explored the lifestyle. What was it that surprised you? Even if it's something we talked about here today, um, I would love to hear what it is. And I would also love to hear, especially if it's something that we, we didn't talk about today. So on that note, I am going to call it a week. My grass is actually green, kind of long, and it is time to play with the new electric mower. I have a new battery-powered mower that I am enjoying. I enjoy yard work to begin with, but my uh, my battery-powered mower is my new, my new outdoor toy. So I'm going to go play with that. So I look forward to chatting with you next week. And until then, be awesome and be well. <laughs>